Mr. Donna, and this is the inaugural episode of What's Scripture Got to Do With It? A Divine Call Ministries podcast. Episode one, The Foundations of Christian Matrimony. Scripture Got to Do With It is a Divine Call Ministries podcast. The production episodes will explore topics of interest to couples who desire to be married in the tradition of the Christian faith. Minister Donna will look at sacred scripture beginning with the book of Genesis, the origin of all God created on earth. The listener will learn what the creator intended for sacred matrimony. What was Elohim's original blueprint for man, male and female, created he them? What was in the mind of God for man, male and female, whose scripture teaches were created in God's image to have co-dominion and be representatives of God on earth? On the podcast today, we lay the foundation for what is to come in future messages. We go to the source, our Heavenly Father, by examining sacred scripture to understand the significance of a Christ-centered wedding ceremony. Bible.org tells readers that this sacred text, the Genesis description of the original marriage is the basis for almost everything else the Bible says about marriage. It explains God's reason for designing marriage, and it also gives us many principles which, if applied, will enable us to build marriages that honor God and bring lasting joy to husband and wife. Presuppositions The first presupposition is the accuracy and authenticity of the Holy Bible. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is the best authority, and Christian orthodoxy accepts the Bible as infallible. Presupposition number two, we are in relationship with God the Father through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, And we are willingly seeking the leading of God by being ever more sensitive to his Holy Spirit. If you are not sure whether you meet this definition, I invite you to quickly navigate over to Divine Call Ministries of Southern California.com and review the page entitled A Call to Action, A Prayer of Redemption. And I will meet you right back here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to serve your people through this podcast. 
Be present, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to touch hearts and lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. created man, male and female. This joint enterprise came with purpose. That purpose is discovered by reading the creation account and is preserved for posterity, intended by God to be referenced in determining God's divine order for men and women. So today we will do just that. So that because of foundation established today, we can move forward in coming episodes with discussing the Christ-centered wedding ceremony with greater clarity. Take note that everything God created was created after its own kind, and that God allowed Adam to learn experientially that there was no other creature yet created that was compatible to his unique kind until the female of his species was brought into existence by a miraculous sharing of his very personhood brought from within him to stand next to him and assume co-dominion with him. Let's establish that by reading the following scriptures in this order and we will read almost the entire creation account to establish God's methodology and orderliness. Everything is of intelligent design in perfect collaboration with every other created being. Nothing will be unconsidered when God rests on the seventh day. And then in case you missed the absolute ascendancy of his grand finale creation man, male and female, Genesis documents it twice in rapid progression. God seems to say, I really want you to notice the details of my capstone to all that came before. There are never any meaningless details in God. So we will read in this order, Genesis chapter one, verse one, through Genesis chapter one, verse 25, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, through Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Genesis chapter 2, 8, through Genesis chapter 2, 24. Matthew chapter 19, 4 through 6. Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he affirmed and sustained it and God separated the light from the darkness. Verse 11, so God said, let the earth sprout, vegetation, plants, yielding seed, and fruit trees, bearing fruit according to 
their kind, whose seed is in them upon the earth, and it was so. The earth sprouted and abundantly produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them according to their kind, and God saw that it was good, and he affirmed and sustained it. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, Let there be light bearers in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be useful for signs of God's provident care and for marking seasons, days, and years. And let them be useful as lights in the expanse of the heavens to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. And he made the galaxy of stars also, all the amazing wonders in heavens. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to provide light upon the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and he affirmed and sustained it. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fourth day. Verse 20. Then God said, let the waters swarm and abundantly produce living creatures and let birds soar above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and he affirmed and sustained it. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock, crawling things and wild animals of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. So God made the wild animals of the earth according to their kind, and the cattle according to their kind, and everything that creeps and crawls on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good, pleasing and useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power, and rule over the fish of the sea, 
the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree which was fruit yielding seed, I shall, it shall be food for you, and to all the animals on the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that moves on the ground, to everything in which there is breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and he validated it completely. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their host. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it as his own. That is, he set it apart as holy from all other days, because in it, he rested from all his work, which he had created and done. This is the history of the origin of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now we see God describing the creation of man a second time. However, this time he is seemingly describing the nature of the living conditions and the quality of life that he intends for man, male and female, to have. Genesis 2, verses 7 through 25. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And he put the man whom he had formed there. And the Lord God caused to grow from the ground every tree that is desirable and pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the gardens, and from there it divided and became four branching rivers. The first river is named Pishon. It flows around the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good, but delum, and the onyx stones are found there also. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the entire land of Cush, also known as Mesopotamia. The third river is called Hedekal, or the Tigris. It flows out of Assyria, and then the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 11. 
verse 15. So God took the man which he had made and settled him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may freely eat from every tree of the garden, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat of it, you shall certainly die. Verse 18. Now the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper, a counterpart that is suitable and complementary for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. Verse 20. And the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper that was suitable as a companion for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her and presented her to the man. Then Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Significant here is that Adam recognizes his personal sacrifice that was necessary to establish relationship with his companion. For this reason, says verse 24, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not afraid. Now in Matthew chapter 19 verses 4 through 6 in the New Testament, we see Jesus quoting these same verses no doubt he had learned these verses studying the Torah. Said Jesus, Have you never read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined inseparably to his wife and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. May the Lord bless the reading of his word as we come to the end of our reading for today. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes the contents of today's episode. We looked at sacred scripture to discover what the foundational text teaches about what the creator Elohim intended for sacred matrimony and the fruit that would result from that companionship. 
We touched on both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, primarily from Genesis, Matthew, and Ephesians, and were able to see that the foundation that was laid in Genesis was actually carried over to the foundations of the New Testament by Jesus Christ himself, when he reinforces the doctrine, one man, one woman, for life.